0: Healthy from the inside out, this is Valley Well, Valle Salud, a health and wellness information program brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. Each week, we go in-depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Valley Well, Valle Salud. I'm your host, Lauren Vargas, and today we're answering your top questions about birth control. Joining us to discuss is Brittany Whitney. She's a women's health nurse practitioner with District Medical Group, and she'll be caring for patients at ValleyWise Community Health Center, North Phoenix, which opens November 2nd. Located at 19th Avenue in Northern, this state-of-the-art facility will offer primary and specialty care, pharmacy, lab, imaging services, behavioral health, and more. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Of course. So let's start way back from the beginning, what is the story behind birth control and when did it become an option? Yeah, so it actually
1: became an option a lot longer ago than we would think, about more than 100 years ago. It became an option and the first birth control clinic opened in America. So before then, there was, of course, like some recordings of birth control um, methods dating back to even ancient times, but those ones were not as safe. <laughs> so since that time, the modern women have now better choices and they can take advantage of safer and more reliable methods, such as like the pill that came along in about 1950. So how did the pill change women's lives? Since its discovery, it has um, given women that freedom and a choice for when they would want to start or even just continue a family. So this overall gave women empowerment over their own bodies and their own lives.
0: So let's, it's, we probably don't have time to go into all the different types because as I was doing research, there's like 12 or 15 different kinds of birth control out there nowadays, which is great. People have options, but can you explain in general, what are the different types of birth control out there? Yeah.
1: So I usually go through these. These ones are the most common ones that I'm going to list for you. So there's birth control pills, of course. Then there's patch that goes on your skin. There's a vaginal ring that's inserted. um, And then the depo shot. There's an explanon implant that goes inside the arm. Um, IUDs, which are short for intrauterine device, which goes inside the uterus where a baby lives. And then condoms, of course. And then there's like natural family planning. And then the surgery, which is a tubal ligation.
0: So how do providers and their patients choose which birth control to use?
1: That's a really good question. So this can be very individualized and the decision can depend on the patient, like what they would like to use it for. So we're going to kind of go into detail with this, but whether they would like, like it just to prevent pregnancy or if they would like it to control their period or acne or different things in their life like that.
0: So how do you, what sort of questions do you talk through with your patient to make those decisions? Like um, if someone's older or younger, you know, wanting to start a family soon or not, or can you kind of explain yeah, exactly. So,
1: um, if they're wanting to start a family soon, then we usually, it doesn't matter which form they go on because most of them are all reversible. We do have long acting reversible contraceptions such as IUDs and then exponons. Um As soon as they're removed, they can return to their fertility pretty quickly. Um, same with the pill. Some people may think that you can't um, be on it for too long, but as long as you are off of it and you should return to your fertility pretty quickly. So, um, for birth control reasons, that's, that's one option, but also for, um, for period and things like that, we would want to do like a, most likely the pill because that is one that does control your periods. And so it gives them a very reliable and, um, they can guess when their period is going to be. Whereas some of the other options may make it a little more sporadic.
0: So let's talk about the pros and cons of of some of these most popular options. Um, what, What are some of the reasons why someone would want to choose an IUD, for example?
1: Yeah, so an IUD um, is one that you don't have to remember to take a pill every single day. So it is something that's inserted into your body. And you most of the time don't even know it's there. You don't feel it. Um, you do have some strings that come out of the cervix, which you should feel for. And that's how we keep track of it and are able to remove it when it's time to remove it. Um, but they, they can just keep it in for the amount of time that it is. So sometimes they're five years, sometimes they're 10 years. And um, most women really like that method. Does it hurt to insert? That's a good question. I do get asked that quite a bit. It is an in-office procedure. Um, We don't give any anesthetics or anything like that. It is um, most likely just a cramping type feeling that they would have, but nothing that is too, too bad. Most women afterwards say, oh, that wasn't too bad.
0: If you're just tuning in with us, we're talking with women's health nurse practitioner Brittany Whitney with District Medical Group about birth control, and Brittany will be working at the new ValleyWise Community Health Center, North Phoenix, which opens November 2nd. You can actually make an appointment with Brittany or any of our fantastic District Medical Group providers by calling 833-855-9973, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., or you can visit us online at valleywisehealth.org and click the book appointment button. Right now we're talking about the pros and cons of um, certain birth controls with IUD. Um, The pros, you know, you don't have to remember every day at the same time to take it. What are some of the cons or maybe some of the side effects or risks of an IUD?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, too. Um, It is still a procedure. So sometimes um, when it is placed, it can move or shift in the body and in the uterus. And that can cause some pelvic pain and things like that. But it is a fix that we can have by just doing an ultrasound um, or an x-ray and seeing where it is in the body and and then um, either taking it out, removing it and replacing it um, or or just helping them to to find the ways that, that makes it comfortable for them to live every day. Do you
0: find that's becoming a more popular option?
1: I do find that that is all of our LARCs is what we call them. So the, the long-acting reversible contraceptions, the Nexplanon implanted, and the IUDs are pretty, pretty commonly choose uh, chosen, especially for um, new moms. So in postpartum, they are choosing these, these type of reversible contraceptions that they may not want to have another child for five years or so, or even sooner. And we can always return or remove it sooner if they would like one, a, a baby sooner.
0: So what about – you mentioned the implant is kind of a long-term solution. Um, One of my family members has that in. Um, What are some of the reasons why someone would want that versus the IUD?
1: Sure. So some women are um, nervous or afraid of having something inserted into their uterus. Um, they're just not sure exactly how that would go. Even even through explanation, they just they don't really like that, but they don't mind having. It's like a, a matchstick size um implanted into their arm. We do use local anesthetic for that, so it is um, numbed up and then put in, in the office as well. And so most women have that like that on their arm. It's just simple and they can feel it and they, they know where it is and they can see it almost. I think it gives them some peace of mind about it. Absolutely. And what about the patch? I'm not super familiar with that. How does that work? So that one is one of our ones with estrogen and progesterone in it, and um, it's very similar to the pill, but you just place it on your skin. Um, Most of the time, women place it on their arms, but you can place it on your stomach or your back, and then it actually stays there for one week, and then you change it weekly, and then you give yourself off one week out of the month to have a period, so to induce um, menses. Yeah, so that's a really good option, too, if you remember to change it every week and (laughs) something that you would want to do and and keep track
0: of. Interesting. So it's still a commitment, kind of like the pill you do have to remember, but it's weekly instead of every single day. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So let's talk about the pill for a second because when, when you say birth controls, you know, that's what comes to mind for a lot of people. It's one of the most famous versions of birth control. Is it still the most popular?
1: So it is actually not the most popular. Um, surprisingly, the female sterilization or the bitu- bilateral tubal ligation, so having their tubes tied, um, was the most common. The second place was the pill, though. So I do see that most often in the clinic. Um, women are asking for just to try the pill, and I think that often is chosen because they can control it, so they can stop it if they don't want to take it anymore. Um, and it, they do like that it helps their periods have – not only have a period, but it stays more regular and is usually lighter. And so women usually choose the pill first, and then they may, you know, transition to wanting the next one on or an IUD later on.
0: So there's a lot of rumors and myths out there about the pill. It has been around for a long time. So I'm going to ask you a few of these and let me know what, um, what you think. So can it make you gain weight? So we can see around a five pound weight gain in most people
1: over a year. So it's not too bad. So it can definitely, you know, add some
0: weight, but we only would expect about five pounds a year solely from the pill. Do you ever see cases where there's more or, or less or some people losing weight?
1: Um, not really. No, I mean, get, weight gain is not common in every single person, but I don't see solely from the pill to be losing weight. Um, they would have to be
0: doing other things like
1: diet and exercise.
0: So if someone was on the pill, but then they decided they wanted to start a family,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how soon should they get off the pill? Does it make it harder to have kids if you've been on the pill? That is a good question as well. I do
1: get asked that quite a bit. So whether you are on the pill for 10 months or 10 years, the return to fertility is relatively pretty quick. So everyone's body is different, of course, but we would expect a woman's body to return to the normal fertility that she had before she went on the pill um, or between three to six months. So kind of that
0: reset um, happening for her body. Um, Brittany Whitney, nurse practitioner with District Medical Group, is answering our top questions about birth control, and you can make an appointment to see Brittany or another provider by calling 833-855-9973, or you can visit valleywisehealth.org and book an appointment there. I want to introduce our audio producer, Chencho Flores. Um, He has a question for you.
2: Quick question, talking about tubal ligation, and, and from what I've heard and what I've seen, that's kind of a, a, an invasive procedure is that, I guess my question is, yeah, you know, some of us guys, we got to get a little responsibility on this too. So what is uh, less invasive or is it a tubal ligation or a vasectomy or, uh, should both be considered, especially if, if, uh, if it's a family situation like that, what, what's, what's, what's preferred.
1: Yeah, that is a good question. Um, Definitely the less invasive one would be the male vasectomy. Um, the tubal ligation is, is invasive. It is surgery for the woman. Um, most women, though, are choosing this if they are having like a repeat C-section or if they're having a C-section in general, they can have it done during that, that surgery. So essentially, it's like a two-for-one deal <laughs> in that, but it is definitely more, more invasive. Yes.
2: And then Lauren mentioned some uh, myths or something, something along those lines. And that reminded me of an article that I saw uh, a couple of days ago. Are there myths and misconceptions that people have when it comes to birth control? I mean, I know nowadays we have all the information we want at our fingertips, but I was reading that, that years ago, people used to use such things like Lysol and lemons for birth control. Um, do, do you come across people that, that say things to you or patients that you kind of go, whoa, 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 let's, let's take a step back?
1: Yes, definitely. And then I kind of just remind them like this is 2020. So modern times. <laughs> Let's um, do things that are based on research for sure. And things that are proven to be effective. So I do use kind of charts and different things and teaching tools when talking about birth control. Um, and kind of just choosing the right one that is right for them. As as we've talked about, there are many, many different kinds. But And sometimes when women don't want hormones or anything like that, we do have the non-hormonal IUD, which is made out of copper. And so that's an option as well. And there's also the natural family planning, which is just knowing your ovulation and um, timing intercourse around that so that you can hopefully prevent pregnancy that way as well. That one is one that dates back many, many centuries in time.
0: Awesome. Um, Absolutely. And it's good to have all of these options. So, you know, depending on what you need, there's, there should be something out there for you. Um, So back to the pill, if you forget to take it one day, what happens?
1: That is a good question as well. So um, you do have to take it around the same time every single day to help to suppress ovulation. So that's how the pill works. And so I tell my patients to put their pill pack by their toothbrush so that they don't forget um, and that that way they can remind themselves when they see their toothbrush they'll take their pill around that same time or even setting a reminder on their phone and so that then around the same time every day they're taking it um, and then if they do forget to take it at least like the what say one day it is and that's okay to double up the next day and take another the other pill but um, after that we don't want them to to keep doing that because then you're kind of falling too far backwards and pregnancy can happen. So um, so they would take double up that one day and then continue the pill, the pill pack as they would as normal.
0: Have you heard a scenario where someone forgot to take it one day and got pregnant from that one day?
1: Yes, definitely. That can happen. So (laughs) from what I know, I mean, they tell me that's what happened, that they're not taking it for one day or, you know, especially with our progesterone only pills, those ones you do have to take very, very uh, regimen. And so, yeah, I have seen that happen before.
0: So you definitely have to be on top of it if you're going to choose that option. (laughs) Um, Are there other uses for the birth control pill besides birth control?
1: Yes. So something uh, we talked about a little bit earlier, it is really great. It is our best option for um, controlling menses because it does control that um, having the lighter and more regular periods. And so that is one option. Um, some women that have acne, um, things like that, that are just needing a hormone balance, that can help as well. There's many different, uh, not only forms of the pill, but also just in the amount of estrogen that's in them. So that can help with those simple things um, like mood swings and the PMS type symptoms that you would see um, that, that can really help with that.
0: So we're going in depth on everything you need to know about birth control with women's health nurse practitioner Brittany Whitney with District Medical Group. You can make an appointment with Brittany at a ValleyWise Health location. We're actually opening ValleyWise Community Health Center North Phoenix on November 2nd. It's going to be located at 19th Avenue and Northern and offer primary and specialty care, a pharmacy, lab, imaging x-ray, behavioral health, and more. You can make an appointment by calling 833 855 9973, or you can visit valleywisehealth.org and click the book appointment button. So um, we've been talking about the pros and cons of, of some of these options and um, one of the methods that's maybe more controversial I would say is emergency contraception, maybe mm-hmm. otherwise known as the, the morning after pill. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit and what that is
1: and how that works? Sure. So it is like the pill is just a stronger um, formulation of it. And so it is very common to be used. You do have to use it within three days of that unprotected intercourse. Um, And it can be bought at the local pharmacy or it can be given in the clinic as well. Um, It does work pretty pretty well for these patients that need it. Um, And actually, I don't know if you know this, but one of our best emergency contraception is our copper IUD. So the copper is a strong spermicide and it can be um, inserted within five days of the intercourse that was um, unprotected and can be used as emergency contraception
0: as well. So do you need a prescription for the morning after pill or can you go to your pharmacy and ask for it?
1: You can just go to the pharmacy and ask for the pill. Yeah. Um, It's, it's bought over the counter. So it is, you know, at the pharmacy itself. So it's like buying Sudafed. You just have to go to the counter and talk to the pharmacist and say that's what you want, but
0: you do not need a prescription. Okay. So that's a good segue into my other question. How old do you have to be for some of these birth control methods? That is a good question as
1: well. So um, as long as you are having periods, you can come in and see me. And um, there's not really an age limit at all. So um, accessing form of birth control, including condoms, which actually obviously is not something that has to be prescribed, but we give out at our clinic as well. Um, Minors, teens that are less than 18, they don't need their parents' permission. They can come in and see me. Um often, if I am seeing a teen, I will always if she has her parent or guardian with her, I will always ask her mom or dad to step out of the room so I can speak with her alone and then ask her some some questions about why she wants birth control, if she's sexually active, things like that, and just see what she wants because sometimes I have um parents, you know, they mean they mean well, and they're bringing their, 15-year-old in and saying, you know, she's having sex and I want her to get on the next on. So I, I will talk to them about all the different forms, but then I also want to talk one-on-one with that teenager and, and make sure that's what she wants as well.
0: Absolutely. It probably makes them feel a lot more comfortable, you know, talking with someone privately like you, um, you know, as opposed to having their parents in the room. Sometimes they open up even more. And- right. Yeah, exactly. And that's my hope for sure. And feel more comfortable. So I guess would the parents find out later what has been done if they're getting billed for it or how does it show up? Yeah, that's a good question.
1: So I usually have an open-ended conversation with the teenager and say, you know, you don't have to tell your parents what you choose, but um, it is good to be open and honest with them. And most of the time, I haven't really found anybody that said, you know, like, I don't want to tell my mom or anything like that. But yes, if they're on insurance, then they most likely will be billed. So their parents would find out that way if they are trying to hide it. Um, they can always pay cash if they wanted to just get the pill or something like that. Um, sometimes we can find a a method that is, is cheaper and that way they don't have to go through their insurance if that's what they would want to do.
0: Why do you think it's important that, um, you know, underage kids, um, women, girls can come in and talk to you about this without their parents?
1: Right. And because they are having sex. So it's 2020, kind of like I said earlier, where the times are changing and they are having sex a lot younger, even before their periods may start. So being able to talk to someone who has the knowledge base like I do um, about pregnancy and how they can get pregnant, sometimes they don't even understand any of that. Um, so or sometimes they come in and they are pregnant and they're, you know, don't understand how that happened. And so afterwards we have a really open ended conversation about when they would want to have their next baby, if they want to finish school, things like that. So it's it's good to have somebody to talk to that you can trust and and know that there are options out there for you.
0: What are some other trends that you're seeing? You know, since you got into medicine, has anything changed with women's health that you're kind of noticing a trend?
1: There is the trend kind of like we talked about with wanting to have the more longer acting reversible contraceptions um, and not choosing the more what we would think as um, the original type of birth controls. And, And there's new ones coming out all the time. And there's always the IUDs that are doing more and more research on how they last longer. And so that's always really wonderful The patients like to hear that because they may already have one inserted and then we say, hey, this actually is good for 12 years and we're finding research that it lasts longer and you don't have to have it replaced and they like the way it changes their periods and things like that. So we're always just moving forward and,
0: and things are always changing for the better it seems. We're talking with Women's Health Nurse Practitioner Brittany Whitney with District Medical Group about birth control. We've talked about women's birth control um, a lot over the last 20 minutes. Um, Let's talk about male birth control. Is there such a thing and what are the options? There is,
1: as research has shown, that we are trying to get a male pill. I know that they are they are working towards that, but from my knowledge, we don't have anything that is actually FDA approved and on the market quite yet. Um, So the most common one, of course, is the vasectomy, and it is uh, most effective. And for men, this is um, reversible as well. It it does cost uh, quite a bit of money to have it reversed and (laughs) retrieved um, sperm, but. They, there is that option for them. And then also, of course, condoms. So that's one of our oldest things to use. And men always can use that to help prevent pregnancy. Um, if they are used correctly and they are used 100% of the time, they are highly effective.
0: I remember being surprised to learn that a vasectomy is reversible. How How does it actually work? And then how can they reverse it?
1: Right. So it is an in-office procedure um, done by a urologist and they can just kind of hook back up what was unhooked. (laughs) So for women, that's not as um, easy. So for women, their tubes are cut and then sewn together and we cannot re-sew them back up and and let the eggs come back through. But for men, they can can, um, fix that and then it can be reversible and they are able to have the sperm go um, back the other way and be and have children again.
0: That's so interesting.
1: Did it is super interesting. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, what are what are some of the most common questions you get from patients, or you know, what do you what do you want our audience to know?
1: Yeah, so we've covered a lot of that here today, um, but I would say the most common questions that I get asked are about side effects and then like what to expect. So not only like what they would have to do when they're taking the pill or how it would make them feel, but um, with procedures or you know how how long their IUD is good for and all these things. So anytime that I'm talking with patients, I like to give them printed information on it as well and let them know that. Um, what they're choosing is a great option for them, and it's the best option for them. We kind of choose together, and so that makes them feel comfortable, and they feel like they're making the best decision for themselves, and also for their growing families, and, and for their relationships.
0: I think this is a great reminder that no matter what your situation is, how young or old or or what you've been through, you should always feel comfortable talking to your provider. And, you know, you've made me feel very comfortable asking you all these questions. So hopefully it gives some women and girls, you know, the motivation to call their doctor or make an appointment with a new doctor at um, Valleywise Health. So thank you so much for the time today. Really appreciate it.
1: No problem. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We'll talk to you soon.
0: hope you enjoyed listening to Valley Well, Valle Salute, a health and wellness information program brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash be well. There you'll find blogs and videos from our health care providers, and you can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash be well. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.